Hello there. Peabody here. And this is the Wayback Machine. We're traveling through time. And this is my boy, Sherman. Speak, Sherman. Hello. Good boy. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour if our luck holds up. And of course, if we stay on the good side of bad boy, Benny Mathers at the board. Benny, how are you today, sir? Doing very well. Back at you, sir and ma'am. Were you <laughs> were you thoroughly enraptured by the Chiefs win in the Super Bowl? Thrills, chills, spills, a very close call with a review. <laughs> leaving me wondering if that's how the Super Bowl was going to be decided. And I go, oh, I hope not. But then the Chiefs scored again, and I went, okay. I'm very proud no matter what. Both great teams there. I was obviously rooting for the Chiefs more than the Niners just because we're, we're Seattleites and we know who we vote for in that department. Uh, I think it was good. Patrick Mahomes deserved it. He's a young quarterback looking for more. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I think it was just a great – okay. The game was good. All right, they won. The, but it was the halftime show. Now that's where it's at. Woo! Yes, and I have been reading in the social media about that event. That was something else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me. Nope. But I'm a guy. Me too. I'm, you know, a typical visual creature uh, there with, with the hardwiring of the mail. So wow. I look at it one way. But yes, there, there were quite a few people who, um, <laughs> who took exception to it. Women who thought that it was pornographic. Oh, and okay. then other, other women... On Facebook, I saw a lot of this, and Twitter as well, where they showed side-by-side -side pictures. On one side, of course, they had Shakira mm -hmm. and J-Lo, and mm -hmm. on the other was Adam from Maroon 5. Yeah, Adam Levine from last year. Right, shirtless, and yeah. they're going, okay, well, what's the complaint here? Exactly. My <laughs> point, exactly. I was just going to say that, so it's it's okay to do it one way or not the other. I just have to give kudos to J-Lo for being amazing 50 and doing her thing like she's never skipped a beat and continuing on. That is amazing in itself. And Shakira right along, too, just a few years back, and they just put on a great show. I don't, so I don't, I don't know why everyone's getting up in arms either. I found out belatedly that that was Shakira's 43rd birthday. Yeah, she's my age. What a way to celebrate. I know. <laughs> okay, she could have jumped out of a cake, you know. I would have loved it, and I would have done the same for her if she asked. <laughs> Excellent. May that happen. I hope. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you, Benny. Always great to have you with us. This is really kind of an in-house fun house today, and we get to talk about doggies and kitties and all of God's creatures. Yes, we do. We're on with one of our favorite folks. We haven't talked to her in a couple of years, so we said, let's bring her back on. Martha Norwalk is an animal behavior therapist and trainer in private practice for more than 25 years. She works with people to help them understand their animal friends and solve their behavior training and healing problems. Martha Norwalk's Animal World on KKNW was the first and is the longest-running local radio show about animals in the greater Seattle Bellevue area. The show includes open phone lines for listener questions and comments, as well as shelter, rescue, and sanctuary updates every month. With interesting guests, animals in the news, and the best good news about animals, current events, fun, fun contests, and entertainment, it's a great way to spend your Sunday morning on KKNW. 
Martha Norwalk has had her show on KKNW for 17 years. We're about to celebrate our 13th year on air, so we are definitely colleagues at KKNW, and we are very happy to talk animals with her today. Welcome to Manson Mitchell, Martha. Oh, thanks for having me back. I'm delighted to be here. You are delighted to be here. We're thrilled to have you. And I guess as an opening question, I was pondering this this morning. Would you say that over the time that you have done your show on AM 1150, that the general welfare, and this is necessarily a generalization, I realize, but would you say, Martha, that... I'm sorry. I just thought of a bump that we could have used at the bottom of the hour. And I'm going, we're using one that's good enough, but I had one that was even better. Anyway, uh, over the course of your time at KKNW, would you say that the welfare of animals in North America, the way they are regarded, the way they are treated, cared for, has improved, or is it about the same as when you started? Wow, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, hmm. Well, I would say um, I probably have a, a two-part answer. I, I would say with our domestic animal friends, you know, the, the dogs and cats and, and, and other critters that, that um, work nicely as, as um, companions for humans in their homes and, and, and situations, I'd say that um, we have grown as a consciousness and that, that we are more aware of um, the fact that, that um, animals, you know, have souls just like we do and think and reason and have feelings and emotions. And, and um, they're not that much different than we are, except that, you know, they come in dog suits or cat suits or horse suits, you know, so there's different genetic DNA coding. But more, more and more people, I think, are understanding that. There are so many more resources to take care of animals. Uh, you know, I'm back in the day when I grew up, I, you know, we didn't have dog, dog walkers or daycares and, you know, all of the, the stuff that, that goes on to support people and their animals these days. So I'd say, you know, on a domestic level, I think we've improved. I'm uh, glad to hear you say there's that. There's a two-part well, answer. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a but coming, Gary. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and that would be part two would be um, well, what's going on with our wildlife and the wild creatures that inhabit this planet. And I would say that up until probably January of 2016, we were doing much better. Since that time, we are going downhill, and we're going downhill real fast, and I have major concerns for please, wildlife please on this planet. Explain and that, in uh, country. Explain that answer to me, Martha. Why, why wildlife since 2017? Uh, well, um, I basically was, that was my way of um, referencing um, the current administration and the election without actually saying so. Um, but the you know current administration is wreaking havoc um, on on our animal friends and wildlife in terms of rolling back all kinds of regulations and 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 you know dumping the, the um, endangered species act and and making it weaker and weaker and weaker and then giving permission to polluters and and so forth to 
to not have to go through environmental impact statements and do what they need to do. I mean, they're getting ready to, um, to start um, seismic testing and drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And that is an incredibly right. exquisite and delicate environment. And when that permafrost is penetrated and damaged, it is not recoverable. And, right. and then, you know, we're getting ready to develop the Tongass Forest, for heaven's sakes, up in Alaska. And then um, now uh, giving permission to start drilling and fracking in national parks. And, well, how long do you want me to go on? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good enough example. I just, I, I wanted you to reference something in particular, and, and that's a, a good thing to reference because... Yeah, no, and not to mention that yeah. we've, now, um, we've now okayed... Um, trophy body parts of endangered species and, and, and wild animals to be allowed back into the country. And it's like all, all the progress we were making and, and, and all the great things we were doing for our animal friends are basically kind of down the tube. Now, having said that, I am aware that this year, or I, when I say this year, within the past year, it was in 2019, there was legislation, federal legislation passed stiffening the penalties, and justifiably so, for cruelty to animals. I know that because our own, you know, Sarasota is home to Manson Mitchell, and our congressman is the very Trumpian Republican Vern Buchanan. Nevertheless, Vern Buchanan claimed to be among the champions of this legislation, which means that he voted for it, good for him for doing so, to protect animals and to punish people more severely when they are cruel toward their animals. It's a very good thing that that is happening, and yet it's the counterweight is so striking because of exactly what you articulated. Yeah, and I, and I think, yes, um, uh, you know, making the, the law stiffer against animal cruelty, I mean, all of, all of that is a good thing. Um, I, I, I personally think that education and, and helping people, you know, um, uh, probably um, does more good than punishing, but you know that's a whole other discussion. Uh, but but primarily, I mean that that law, I would say it, it, it definitely helps our domestic animals more than than wildlife. Uh, yes, of course. And, yeah. and I think it was one of those kind of well, maybe like an umbrella thing. Okay, since we're trashing the environment and everything else, let's pass this law because that'll make us look good. My personal take on that. Okay. Thank you. For In, that. You know, where I have been uh, paying attention to animals more than at any other time in recent history has been the devastation in Australia, where they oh. have lost how many uh, animals? Like a million maybe animals? The, maybe a billion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah. A bee with a, with a billion, huh? It, oh, that is absolutely just. Absolutely devastating. That is, I know it's frightening to look at that and to see all those animals that have died in those fires. And, uh, and, and so that makes me wonder what, and, and of course in Australia, you would have animals there that you don't have anywhere else because it's a separate continent. Right. Right. Well, um, yeah. And this leads, leads me into um, sharing something with you that I kind of got an intuitive hit that I was probably going to have to share. I, I, I don't talk about it much yet, but, uh, probably hmm, maybe 30-some years ago when I first started my spiritual path. 
And um, when I really got involved in my spiritual path and with a spiritual teacher and was learning about these things and kind of dipping my toes in the metaphysical world and all of that, uh, my first contact um, with the Ascended Masters and, you know, a channeled, you know, reading and, and direction uh, was, was quite a moving experience for me. And one of the things that I was told at that time was that there would come a day during my lifetime that I would be responsible for helping human animals understand that the extinction of other animals and the loss of animals and all these animals leaving the planet and, and specific species going extinct was not the horrendous thing that, that it would be perceived as. I, of course, kind of poo-pooed it at the time and didn't think about it much, but nowadays it's really making sense to me. And... You know, and I, I think the basics is, is, to, uh, is, is to recognize that, you know, animals have soul vibrations just like we humans do. They're, they're on a spiritual path, working their way back to, you know, Heavenly Father, Divine Mother, God, whatever you want to call it, Source or whatever. We're all headed in the same direction. And the soul is eternal. So, A, when animals die like that in, in, in uh, you know, the catastrophic fires in Australia... You know, the, the souls are eternal. It, it is only the physical bodies that are, 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 are dying. And then when species go extinct, and I, of course, can't always explain this and exactly how it all happens, but as a soul group, they just move to another location. I don't now, know that's interesting. Another planet or all of that. Yeah. I've actually um, seen it when I, uh, there's a, um, a really wonderful animal communicator. Her name is Mary Getton. And she was local up here in the greater Seattle area for many years, but she moved down to Florida. She's down in your territory now. Mary's down in Florida. Um, gosh, she'd make a great guest for you. Anyway, she um, um, is, is a great animal communicator and we're very connected to orcas and whales and marine um, uh, life. And uh, she, she wrote a book a number of years ago called Communicating with Whales, with, uh, Communicating with Orcas. And, and she spent just tons of time communicating with our local orcas here, J-Pod, K-Pod, L-Pod, and Granny, the, the, the oldest orca and um, kind of uh, matriarch uh, of the orcas in the area. And, man, the information she got was unbelievable. But part of the information in that book explained what happened, you know, what was, would happen when they leave the, the planet and, and I remember in reading that and working with Mary and going into that energy, I could, in, in a meditation vision, I actually saw, you know, the, 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 the orcas. Um, actually, it was dolphins that I was seeing, and that I saw them as a collective group lift themselves off the planet, and like, you know, a flock of geese, off they're going to wherever else their next home is going to be. You know, Martha, I have never heard anything like what you're saying this morning, but it actually <laughs> really? makes sense to me that okay. that when something goes extinct, that the souls are actually going to another location. I have never heard it said that way, and I'm really going to have to ponder that a little bit. One of the one of the things that has been most upsetting to me in 2019, right along with the Australian fires has been learning that we have lost so many birds. 
and the birds have gone away because of pesticides and and whatever and Mm -hmm. now we're losing species of birds in north america and and i'm i was remembering my own childhood which was filled with birds in you know where i grew up and um and i'm thinking to not have those around I, i for a very brief time I was even a bird watcher, very brief, probably yeah, a matter of, of months. I had my no, my binoculars <laughs> and, you know, went out yeah. early in the morning, 5, 5.30, and, and went and was writing down all the different birds that I saw. And and to think that we would be losing, you know, birds or, or losing dolphins or losing certain species you know, I, I like it when we start retrieving some of these, like the wolves or the bears back in Yellowstone. But, you know, then there's the sadness about, well, oh, about these of animals leaving. Yeah, time yeah. out for a moment. Oh, they want open hunting in, in Yellowstone. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I heard. Oh, yeah. but, yeah. There was a favorite uh, wolf there within the past couple of years. There was a favorite wolf known to oh, the locals that yeah. got outside the boundary of the park because yeah. the wolves don't acknowledge those boundaries. They acknowledge oh, their own boundaries. There, right. And it was shot to death by yeah. somebody who thought he had himself a trophy. I, I consider that a crime against nature. Oh, absolutely. Me too. That uh, was a horrific story. And even though, uh, you know, the, the, you know, we... As a human consciousness, hopefully understand that the soul is internal and it's only the physical bodies that die. Uh, but we still are in human suits now. You know, we have to deal with our human reactions and human emotions, and especially with our, our domestic animals when when they leave their bodies. I mean, sometimes we're, we're really in love with those little physical bodies, and we really miss them, not to mention the soul that was inside. But... Uh, even though it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, hey, the master said it's not that, you know, it's not a horrendous thing when, when species leave the planet because they don't go away forever. Um, they just go to a different place. And um, that's easy to say, but it isn't necessarily easy to digest and incorporate, you know, when you're in a human suit. And and that's what I was saying to you. I'm going to have to ponder that and, right. and fi- find the kernel of positive optimism in all of that because it, it does it feels sad when anybody goes away you know human or animal you, you don't when you've enjoyed the company of that animal human or non-human you don't like to see it go away but I have resolved in my own mind that we are eternal and our, our souls go to another realm and then I, I just kind of logically say oh yeah animal souls go to another realm too but now, you know, what you're saying is as a species, they go to another location. I'm, I'm going to have to really, you know, work on that in my own heart and mind and see, see how that lands. We had a, a great white shark show up in the Gulf of Mexico where they never are. But it, it apparently it was tagged up in Nova Scotia and it oh. and that tag was pinged in the Key West area in October, and then it was just pinged here a day or two ago in February in the Gulf of Mexico, and they're saying that Great White took quite the long journey to get from Nova Scotia to the Gulf of Mexico. And so I always find it's interesting when there's these long-distance travels by animals. Oh, well, you want something else fascinating? Uh, fascinating? I, we're, we're kind of, 
you know, outside the square and, and talking, you know, some metaphysical stuff. And, you know, I do all the practical, logical stuff, too. But since we're kind of skewing that direction, I, I thought I'd share something, um, again, out of Mary Gettin's book and uh, communicating with orcas and her long talks with Granny. I don't know if you are familiar with Granny's name, but she's the matriarch of, of the, you know, um, orcas out here in, in Puget Sound. And uh, she has passed now. But talking to Mary... She explained to Mary about how many past lives that, you know, they were talking about, you know, that we don't just live one lifetime and come over and over. She explained that by choice, she had lived 300 lifetimes as a whale because she really liked it. She didn't want to move on. So she was on her 300th lifetime. And then she explained that um, sometimes uh, whales, dolphins, uh, in marine life, sometimes they choose to give the, their life to humans and serve humans. Sometimes they don't. And so, um, as, as Granny put it, you know, sometimes it's only one lifetime, so sometimes we give it up to you and we serve you. And, and so, you know, she said if, if we would learn to communicate better with different species, um, instead of just, um, you know, like capturing the orcas and put them in SeaWorld, um, is talk to them and ask for volunteers. And this could get me <laughs> in trouble. Uh, wow. That, that is definitely interesting. Now, does Granny have a cookbook called To Serve Man? Um, are, you, nice. are you not a Twilight Zone fan? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, been, I used to be when I was, um, you know, in the last century. <laughs> I, in fact, I chuckled a little bit uh, when um, in, in the intro to your show, there was some, some a music that played uh, something about a time machine. That was and, uh, uh, Peabody and Sherman from uh, Rocky and Bullwing. Rocky and Bullwing. Oh, oh, and I loved Rocky We're, and Peabody, Peabody was the dog who was the master yeah, of Sherman. Yeah. Was the I love that. I, I that figured my, I had. They to were my that. favorite. Uh, that was my favorite cartoon as a kid. Uh, <laughs> I and, believe it. And, and That's then, one of the earliest cartoons I could recall. Me, that, I'm sorry. At, well, I'll finish my thought. And then when you were introducing me, and you said, oh, you know, an animal behavior therapist and trainer, she's been doing this for 25 years. Well, I've actually been working professionally with animals for more than 50 years. So wow. I was chuckling, thinking, "We better get on. You better get on that time travel machine because we got. You got to go way back to catch <laughs> yes, up with that's me." Right. And that cartoon was there, that it, which was like several cartoons in one. I loved that series as a child because it it seemed to me like it worked on more than one level. The adults could laugh at it, so I thought that must be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Um, when we talk about animal welfare and metaphysics. I want to encourage more of this thing, Martha. I do believe that there is a metaphysics of all forms of life. For example, I heard it, I don't think I heard, I read it recently where somebody said, human beings are the only species that can use language. That's what distinguishes us from the rest of the animal kingdom. And I thought, bull hockey, that's not true. Bees have language. Birds of have course. language. They all have language. Absolutely, they do. They they have language within their own species, but they also have language with um, humans. You know, if one knows how to communicate on um, 
uh, a telepathic and empathetic level. Um, and by the way, all of us have the ability to communicate on these levels. It's just most humans haven't been taught or practiced. And, you know, what it's all about is that when you think a thought or you express a thought, there's a picture in your mind. The animals get the pictures and they feel what you're feeling. And if you learn the details about how it works, that opens doors and allows you to talk to anything living. I, I find that very, very interesting. <laughs> right. We, we have trees. talked about this before, Martha, and I find uh-huh. that very, very intriguing because, as you said, you're, you're your being in metaphysics has been uh, much newer than how much time you spend as an animal behaviorist. And when we have talked to you before, you have talked about, you know, communicating with your animals to, you know, maybe not go on the kitchen table or the counters or some something, but you don't spray them with water. You're doing it like telepathically or you're encouraging, you know, better behavior. So we've talked about that before. Well, yeah, I accept that. Um, um, sometimes we do squirt with water. And, and, and sometimes correction is necessary. And I'm, I'm telling people all the time, uh, you know, because when I started learning about animals and training and, and, and so forth and, and working my way through becoming a behavior therapist, originally I started in the old school of training, which is cruel and abusive and so forth, and I'm partly responsible for pushing everybody towards what I call the new age of dog training, and that's the all-positive stuff. Well, I think there's just as much trouble in the all-positive and new, new world of training that there was in the old school. And most of that is because they don't give animals credit for being intelligent beings, that they think and reason, have feelings and emotions, personalities, quirks. Um, and, and they aren't that much different except that they're in a, you know, an animal suit, and we have to be aware of that and know how it's coded genetically. But um, uh, it, it, it is uh, amazing to me that um, uh, I have to so often help people understand raising animals like dogs and cats, especially dogs, is just like raising kids. You know, you take 18 years to raise your human kids before you cut them loose and spring them on the world. Well, raising a dog is the same process. It's just shorter, but it takes 18 months to a couple of years. And during that time... You have to teach that dog how to live with humans. And they don't have the same social structure, so they aren't as as friendly and gregarious as we are. You have to teach them to accept people outside of your pack and that sort of thing. And, you know, impulse control is learned behavior. So dogs don't just need to know what's right. They need to know what's wrong. So... So I take a more balanced approach, and yes, I use the interspecies telepathic and empathetic communication, and that allows you to explain things and communicate better and, and all of that. But at the same time, you have to do the practical, logical stuff, and you have to teach those little buggers impulse control. You know, same as yes. children. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, we should go ahead and take our break. We only have one. It's a halftime break. And we will come back with more questions for our guest this hour, Martha Norwalk. Stay tuned. You are listening to Manson Mitchell on KKNW 1150. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 
staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Martha Norwalk, animal behaviorist, with sage advice about living with the critters of your choice. On Saturday, Jody Levon, psychic medium, returns for another in-depth discussion about what is happening on the other side. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. The year of the cat, 1986 in my case, living in Las Vegas, and a calico cat wandered in who had been walking through the neighborhood like Peter Laurie contemplating a crime (laughs) and decided (laughs) that she needed a forever family, and that became my little household with a couple of Yorkie dogs that she had to navigate. One she got along with, great. The other one, we won't go there. <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. I still miss Missy, as I now I don't know what her original name, her original name was, but she became Missy in my household. Only had her five years. And uh, something happened to her that you would understand, Martha, and we're going to get to the marketing piece in just a second, but I'm curious to know, what is the the disorder or malady that I have heard about in cats, and it certainly happened to Missy back in 1991, where she went to sleep with us just fine, wandered around the apartment, and the next morning we caught her in the hall struggling to get to her feet, but her hips and her legs were immobilized and she could not walk again. She pretty much had to either limp along or be carried. I understand that's fairly common. Really? Because um, it's not, I, um, not. I think it's like a thrombosis or an embolism. Well, yeah, that could be, but I would not say that it's fairly common. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, I, I, I talked to other cat owners who may, knew it. It may happen, but uh, it's not something that, that, at least that I hear about all the time. 
And, I, you know, I spent 20 years working in veterinary medicine. I have a degree in veterinary technology and, and worked in veterinary hospitals. And of course, I've been doing my show on Vet Sundays. Not something I think we've ever even talked about on the air. So and, don't uh, so don't big-time me, Martha. I'm just saying I've heard about it before. You don't have to beat me over the head. <laughs> well, well, no, it's maybe it's, no, I'm not beating you up. I'm, I, actually, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm owning up to maybe my ignorance because I just no. don't know much about that because it, it just has not crossed my path a lot. I I thought when you were talking about an older cat and so forth, I thought maybe you were going to mention, like, hyperthyroidism, you know, or kidney kidney failure, something like that. No, it was estimated by our vet there in Las Vegas that she would have been about two years when she came to us and lived with us five. So she only got about seven years on on this plane Ah, of existence. And I think about her every day. I guess that that's putting a bow on it. I think about her every day, and I do believe that there is an eternality to souls, not just human souls, but animal souls as well. I think they exist. There is such a thing. And I believe that they go back to the source in a way that I don't understand. But when I get ready to cross the Rainbow Bridge, I sure hope she is there to greet me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you, my understanding of, uh, you know, that um, uh, the... Um, uh, progression of a soul on the earth plane here um, is pretty specific. And, um, of course, I, I um, absolutely believe in past lives. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, my, my spiritual practices some um, dictate that we leave, live millions of lives before we even think about trying to do what we need to do to get back home to God. And um, um, my understanding of what happens with the soul going through planet Earth is that we come in in the part of the mineral kingdom, work our way through the mineral kingdom, work our way through the plant kingdom, then we go into the animal kingdom, work our way through there, and then before we come into human form. And um, before, when you're there, your soul's working its way through the animal kingdom, usually the last step before becoming, uh, incarnating in a human body is they move into dog and domestic dog and cat bodies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I've encountered a lot are, um, is working with feral cats. And, and one of the things that comes up quite commonly is the feral cats that we adopt or try to work with, it's usually their first domestic lifetime. Oh, that is uh, interesting. And that's why they, you know, they have trouble integrating with humans and so forth. Ah, so, you okay. know, I've got lots of stories on, you know, how that all that stuff has been confirmed for me and and so forth. Uh, but I it still is quite rem- fast. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating. It's yeah. interesting to get your take on that. I like that. I still remember when I was working my way through being a, a mineral. What a relief it was to see that sign that said "Next Exit Zinc." <laughs> Susanna, I think no, it's time Gary, for us to. Gary, Gary. I think we should go to the marketing well, I want, part. I want, to t- I want to ask you a question, Gary. Okay. Um, Missy, your kitty, um, yes. that that you loved so much. You only had five years. Often, when that is the case, you have an animal that becomes a real. I call them heart animals, because um, not all of the domestic animals we have are our heart animals. You know, uh, we know we love all of them, but some of them are really, really ultra. Anyway, it sounded like like Missy was one of those for you. And often, if you the, the lifetime with you is shortened, they will come back to you in another lifetime. Um, so, oh, have I you had so. any cats since since that time? 
You know, that's a great question to ask me because the answer is no, I have not. I have uh -huh. thought for many years, and I've lived different places. Suzanne and I met in Seattle, and then we moved to Florida, and we travel we travel some and plan to travel more. So the short answer is no, but I actually have felt a twinge of guilt over the prospect of having a cat again. And I thought, well, now is Missy going to be upset with me if I actually get a new cat? How about another calico cat? I think they're pretty. And so if I got one, would I in some sense be showing infidelity to the cat that I loved so much so long ago? I'm neurotic, I admit it, but that's the thought I have. Oh, but absolutely. Gary, I have this conversation with people all the time. And you need to know, and I have it with the animals, too. Uh, our, the animals are here to, um, basically, they serve us. It's part of their spiritual path and their evolution. And um, they want you to be happy, and they want you to open your heart again. And many times they want to come back to you and live another lifetime with you or more. Every single animal that's in my life right now has been with me more than once in this lifetime. And, and um, you very easily, you know, if you open the door to another kitty, especially another calico, and, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that at all because your missy would want you to have that, a relationship like that with another kitty. In fact, often when an animal, um, beloved animal friend of ours, leaves their body, they orchestrate from the other side, bringing another animal into their, their human's life. And, yeah, and many times yeah. they come back. Yeah. So, so there's no need to, to, to worry about that. Uh, you know, and I, I, you know if, we, if you had a three-hour show like I do, I could tell you a whole bunch of stories you know, that I've personally experienced with my animals and communication after death and them coming back and, and all of that sort of thing. Uh, well, but, I'll tell you but, what, Martha. Uh, you've invited us a couple of times when we're out in Seattle next time to go into the studio with you for your show. There's your yeah. opportunity. Cool. Yeah, you can come in and, and we'll we'll spend a, a whole a whole Animal World Sunday. We'll just tell stories. That'd be great. Right. I love it. You know, yeah, we'll speak, have a good time. speaking of Animal World on Sundays, I don't want to fail to have our listeners know uh, what time your program is, we've already said, Sunday, and also your website and any other way that they might want to communicate with you and learn more about animals or, or find out what you know about it. So how can our listeners find you, Martha? Well, you can find me every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. My website... And yeah, did you hear my radio spiel there? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, my website is www.marthanorwalk. It's like it sounds, N-O-R-W-A-L-K, marthanorwalk.com. And that um, pretty much is about the radio show. It, it, it's not about my counseling practice as a behavior therapist and trainer. Um, Facebook is uh, Martha Norwalk's Animal World. On Facebook, I post all kinds of really cool animal stories and videos and all that kind of stuff uh, there. And, of course, anybody can call me. Uh, I, I do work mostly with people in this local area as a behavior therapist and trainer uh, and go to their homes and work with them their animals. But, you know, I, I also work over the phone. So, you know, and anybody has problems with their dogs or cats, they can always call me. And uh, I always do a free phone evaluation. And then if I can help you, we'll figure out what we need to do. Uh, but my contact phone number for anybody is 360 217 7258 360 
217-7258. Thank you, Martha. I think that covers it. Okay. Martha, let me ask you rather a political question, and I don't mean partisan politics. I mean yeah, I within the I mean within the animal welfare community. Ah, okay. Are there organs? I, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to name names. But let me I'll put a positive spin on it. Is there one, are there two or three organizations ostensibly, officially dedicated to animal welfare, to rescue them, for example, to see that they are cared for, they are fed? Are there organizations that take an impressive percentage of the money donated to them and put it to that dedicated, caring, compassionate purpose versus those organizations, and they abound in the charitable world, it's a fact, They're who take a lot of the money and get a Mercedes for the CEO, get right. bigger office buildings, buy more advertising to raise more money to advertise more, and people are left wondering if any of the money they gave actually served the cause of animal welfare. Are there a few standout winners who really stick to their purpose and walk their walk? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure there are, um, but on a national basis, I, I kind of stay out of that arena. Um, and basically that's because I'm a huge proponent of, you know, you got to take care of your own neighborhood before you take on the world. And so I encourage people here to support our local shelters and rescues that, you know, you physically can go and, and, and meet and visit and, and know what they're doing with their money and how they're using it and, and all of, of that sort of thing. And there are a number of them around in our areas. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't um, um, recommend, uh, you know, large, you know, national organizations. And, and a lot of it is because of that reason. And, of course, you know, there's even some local ones that, that um, their, their attitude is, is, you know, can be pretty disturbing. Um, and there, there's some national ones too uh, that um, uh, can be disturbing. And um, you know, there's a lot of them doing a good work. Like the you know U.S. you know the United States Humane Society is doing a lot of good work. But that would be an organization I would kind of question on the level that you're talking about. Uh, where does all the money really go? Yeah. So, so I think you have to be you know cautious about that and do your homework. But uh, I think if you really uh, want a great do a great service to animals, then stick local and, and help the animals in, in, in your own area first. I think that's beautiful. That's yeah, a beautiful like sentiment. Yeah. It's intelligent. It's pragmatic. Stay local. And let's mm -hmm. get specific. Mm -hmm. There are people, and we need much more help in the Seattle area. This is going on nationwide, even in many of the smaller cities. But if you look at Seattle, you look at San Francisco, you look at L.A., just on the West Coast, the homelessness problem with the attendant oh. dislocation, the drug abuse, etc., With all of that squalor that I wish did not exist, you have human needs, but let's not forget that you also have animal needs. Many of these homeless people have the joy of a companion animal, but I wonder about the animal's health all the same because they look like they're really up against it too. Well, and, and they, they are, and... Um... Part of it, one thing I, I want to say on that subject is that there there are those that believe that animals having animals is a luxury, 
And if you can't afford to take care of them, you shouldn't have them. Well, I say hogwash on that. Uh, because the animals are, are here, you know, they come up on this earth plane as part of their spiritual path um, to be companions for humans and serve them. And the companionship of a beloved little animal friend, being dog or cat or some other little critical uh, critter, might be the only thing that warms the heart of those homeless people. And one of the wonderful things, Gary, we got a great organization going on in the greater Seattle area, it's called Seattle Dogs Homeless Program. And I love them so much, I feature them on my Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends show every month. And the gal that founded and runs it, her name is Laura Cook, and she and her family at one point in their lives were homeless in Seattle. And so she went through the whole struggle. Now, she was able to pull her family up and, and, and rise above it and, and create a, a great life again. But instead of just leaving the homeless stuff behind and moving forward, she decided to, decided to pay it back. And so she has created the Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, and what they do is, is drive around and they provide supplies for the homeless people and their animals. I mean, food, leashes, collars, beds. They, all, they also um, supply the, the humans with, with stuff that they need, and they've got some really great aspects of this program. The, there's a veterinary hospital, Greenwood Animal Hospital in Seattle, provides veterinary care for these homeless uh, dogs. They have, they have a boarding facility that donates um, space in the Edmonds area, and what they do is when there are homeless people that maybe need to go into a job training program, maybe they need to go into rehab or a hospital for a while, and of course they can't take their animals. Well, they'll board the animals for them while they get their education or get their rehab done, and then they get their animals back when they come out. It's just a phenomenal program. Well, thank you. That's exactly what Gary was wondering about, so I'm glad we had a chance to let our, our listeners know about these things. A true grassroots effort. One of the, yeah, and, one, and of, one of the things I'm really, the, the, big, the big push I'm, I'm doing right now is that Laura and, and her family and, and volunteers, they're doing all of this with just Laura's little car and driving around. They really need a donated truck or van so that you know, they can really load it up and, and get out there to all these locations and, and let be much easier. So I'm really looking for someone to step up that's got a, uh, you know, a, a decent van or truck that they can donate. And, of course, they're a 5013C, so it's all deductible. But it would be wonderful if someone could step up with a van for them because that would make their work so much easier. And, of course, they can only serve the greater Seattle area. We need programs like this everywhere. <laughs> Yes. Right now. Because yes. you're right. You know, I mean, there's a homeless problem everywhere. And aside from the fact that we humans aren't really doing a very good job of caring for, you know, of dealing with this situation, um, at, at least there are those that are that are helping the, the animals, you know, and the people that care for them. Uh, talking about uh, walking your walk, since the Super Bowl, one of the players, one of the Chiefs players, and I'm sorry I don't know his name, but yeah. one of the Chiefs players went to uh, his local animal shelter and paid for 100 animals to go into their forever homes with their needed shots and papers and registration and all that kind of stuff. And so the people who were seeking to have animals got them for free, 100 of them for free. 
which I thought yep. thought was a really nice thing for that football player to do. Yeah, I um, I um, uh, I posted that um, uh, story on uh, Martha Norwalk's Animal World on on Facebook, and uh, let's see, it's the Chiefs, Derek, Naughty. Okay. And an ADI, Derek Naughty. So Good. I want to give him credit for that. Uh, but yes. I posted it with, you know, what a great way to celebrate. Win the Super Bowl and then pay adoption fees for 100 animals. I mean, yep. that was that was outstanding. I so thank so you, too. Derek Naughty. Yep, yep. Did you ever, were you ever a fan of Frasier? Yes. That I, We've been watching Frasier in reruns now. It's come uh-huh. on kind of at the right What's time. It, was it, was it, yeah, us. Eddie, the little dog? Eddie, yeah. <laughs> the little dog. I mean, he gets so many laughs. That is such a funny dog. And I was thinking about Eddie when you were talking about our souls graduating into uh, into different uh, phases because mm-hmm. I, Eddie's got attitude. And, and yeah. I know there's more than one. I mean, they had several Eddies, so it wasn't just a single Eddie. But the, that dog was so funny on that TV show. And that's where I've been in, enjoying animals the very most is just watching Eddie do his thing, staring them yeah. down and and playing with a, a robot dog and, and doing all the things he's been doing on Frasier. So uh, he kind of steals the show when he's in it. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he really does. And, of course, in a situation like that, those those dogs are highly trained you know, to do all of that. And often there's more than one of them that play a role, you know, especially when you have a, an animal, you know, a dog in a movie, then they have to have, you know, different different dogs to play the role. But, but they get a lot of training to do all that cute stuff. Yes, they do. And we have a couple of minutes. I know from Hollywood lore that it was a question on the set as to how much contact they were going to allow the dog known in the nick and nora movies as asta how much they could allow this dog to interact with was who played uh, nora was that myrna loy yes myrna loy they didn't want asta or whatever the dog's real name was to have hardly any interaction with myrna loy because they were worried that the tension would be broken and that the asta doggy would become affectionate there would be an attachment between them and that just didn't work for the script so they actually had to keep them apart as much as possible for the sake of creative tension <laughs> yeah uh, i'm not familiar with that show so uh, old-time uh, movies those, those were like uh, classic 30, hollywood 30, 1930s yeah. late 30s early 40s early 40s yeah the thin well, man I, I, series i wasn't, I wasn't yeah. alive that way at that time at least that I remember, so uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> we'll, we'll look at those old-time movies from time to time, and that was in the Thin Man series with William uh, Powell. And oh, so okay. Thin Man, Thin Man Returns, you know, stuff That's like true. that. And when they moved to San Francisco, they were back east, and when they moved to yeah. San Francisco and got this house because they were rich, then um, Asta took a liking to the neighbor dog. So there was an interaction between more than one dog there. And oh, it was right, hilarious. Right, right. And ended up having puppies. Yep, I do remember that. Okay, well. So in the last three minutes or so, in terms of 
your advocacy, and I do refer to you as that you're an animal behaviorist, you're a trainer, you're an animal lover, but that doesn't really do you justice, Martha. You also are an advocate for compassionate care toward animals instead of seeing them as less than they are with us. The companions, the companions we love on the path of life. What are your future plans and involvements? Do you have anything in the works? You know, I, I've got a number of books in my head that I've just got to let out and write. I, I have to, you know, figure out how to schedule the time to actually do that. Um, but, but pretty much, you know, I'm, uh, I'm pretty good where I'm at. You know, I, I work as an animal behavior therapist and trainer when I'm not on the air, and so I'm out all over the place meeting with people and, and, and in their homes and, and spreading the word and teaching them how to solve their problems with their, their animals, and I deal with the worst of the worst cases. And by the way, I am seeing some of the most bizarre animal behavior these days that I have never seen in over oh, 50 really? years. So that's a subject for a whole other show. Uh, but um, so, you know, doing the radio show, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to be around to do it for another 26 more years. Yikes. <laughs> I'm betting on you. I think that's terrific. And in particular, I know there's quite a bit of literature out there, but I think there needs to be more. Cats are mysterious creatures, and people often will try to relate to their cat and get the cat to do likewise, and it's difficult for them. So, yes. Well, uh, the best advice I can give cat owners is to remember, if you ever saw um, the, the, uh, the Disney Homeward Bound movie, uh, one of my favorites, uh, the rule is cats rule, dogs drool. I do remember uh, that. I did too. Absolutely. <laughs> and the dog I play, uh, I believe, was voiced by Michael J. Fox, if I recall correctly. Right. That, now, that my, was other favorite, my other favorite is... Um, um, Dogs have masters, cats have staff. So if Truer you want words to have were never success- spoken. Um, if you want to have a successful relationship with your cat friends, you serve them. You don't try to control them like you do dogs. Yes. Martha, thank you so much for joining us Martha today. Martha Norwalk, everybody. It's great. We look forward to seeing you face-to-face in Seattle one of these days, Martha. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, absolutely. You will let me know when you're coming. We'll do a whole show together. Thanks. Okay. You got it. Coming up next, Christine Upchurch, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience, followed by American Road Trip Talk with host Gary Mance. I can never trip you up for more than a second. Good job. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, right here at Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Have a great weekend. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.